Welcome back to At The Corner, a Cleveland Guardians podcast on Network 216. I'm your host, Zach. I'll be joined by my co-host, Chuck, shortly to recap the four-game series that brings us out of the All-Star break back into the second half of the season. Guards take two out of four from the White Sox. Some good, some bad. We'll talk about it. It's Monday. Y'all know what that means. You guys sent us your questions, uh, and we answer all of them. So, let's go. You're listening to At The Corner, a Cleveland Guardians podcast by Zach Caldwell and Chuck B. Brought to you by Network 216. Fastball hit in the air. A swing and a drive! Away back! Real quick before I hand you guys off to Chuck and I doing the series recap, I just wanted to say Willie Hood uh, messaged us and has said that he would gladly come on to do an episode with us. And that is exciting because we want to give you guys a Cleveland Guardians draft recap. I know that the MLB draft doesn't get as much hype as it should. However, and that's because the Major League Baseball draft is weird. Teams cannot trade uh, draft picks conventionally in what you think of when you think of like the NBA or the NFL. Like if a team gets a first round pick that is not a competitive balance round pick, um, that pick cannot be traded because it's assigned a slot value. Uh, We'll have Willie explain all of that to us when we get to sit down with him. Uh, And we should have another live episode later this week for you guys on Twitch. So watch our Twitters for info on that. Real quick, uh, if you guys want to find us on Twitter, you can find the podcast at at the corner pod. You can find Chuck at Chuck 636-18910. For those of you emailing types, you can email us at at the corner pod at gmail.com. So without further ado, I will turn it over to Chuck and I talking about the Sox series and answering your questions. You guys will hear from me on the flip side. Before we get into today's recap segment, I just wanted to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode. Our sponsor today is Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. All you do, you draft your team. There's no in-season roster management. Your goal is to get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. I know you guys are fantasy players out there. I do daily fantasy. Uh, I know you guys are playing, so if you want to check out the best new place to do daily fantasy sports, you should head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app in the App Store. Sign up with the promo code 216, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy, sign up with promo code 216 and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening to us, we're so thankful that you have found us today. And welcome back to the segment of At the Corner where Zach and Chuck get to talk uh, baseball. By far, I think both of us' favorite part of the week, this podcast is brought to you on Network 216. Uh, for all your Cleveland and Ohio sports needs. Chuck, my friend, how was your weekend? Uh, it was uh, so-so, you know, just like the Guardians was. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, okay, Zach. How was yours? Uh, it was it was good. Um, lots going on. Uh, my, my job stuff is shifting a lot. Um, my week was pretty hectic. I got... Uh, Finally got notification that I'm going to be going to training, so I'm going to be packing up and taking the show on the road uh, come November. I'm going to get to spend six wonderful months in western Oklahoma. Uh, I got to go do some training out there in Altus. Um, And then actually, uh, I was notified of my follow-on assignment as well. 
Uh, boy is moving to Florida next year. So oh, wow. uh, that's, that's going to be crazy. Um, not what I was expecting at all. I was expecting the Air Force to stick me somewhere in Kansas. So uh, they say the best surprises are the ones you never expect. And uh, that's that's definitely true. But I'm going to be go uh, learning how to fly on the KC-135 uh, air refueling platform that the Air Force has and learn how to be the guy in the back of the plane refueling planes at like 25,000 feet in the air. So I could not be more excited uh, about that. So good things all around. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. I am very excited. The Air Force has been good to me, and I'm excited to transition to this next chapter. But that is enough about me. Uh, we got some baseball to talk. We got some banger questions that were sent to us. Uh, shout out on Mailbag. You guys have been blowing it up. Uh, and I am absolutely here for it. We're here to answer your questions. But uh, we're going to talk Sox series uh, first. So we'll start. We'll just we're going to go straight into it. So we'll go Friday. Uh, obviously, uh, good to have Guardians baseball back. It felt like it took forever to get to Friday from uh, the All-Star break. Uh, some teams started series uh, on Thursday. Uh, the Guardians, uh, for some reason, whatever, um, Major League Baseball felt it would be appropriate to have them play a doubleheader on Saturday instead of just shorten the All-Star break and have them start a series on Thursday. Don't know who came up with that logic. Uh, not a fan of it. But your guards win game one, eight to two. Final line for Cleveland, eight runs, 15 hits, no errors. White Sox, two runs, seven hits, uh, two errors. Um, and once again, we saw the White Sox terrible brand of defense uh, come back to absolutely bite them in the rear end. So, Chuck, open us off. Yeah, uh, it was really nice to see the Guardians jump on Giolito. It felt, it really felt like he hasn't had a bad game against us his entire career. Um, I was shocked that how fast they got on Giolito. Um, it was very I, – I couldn't believe my eyes because Giolito has dominated us in his career. And right right out of the gate, um, four runs in the first, two runs in the second. Josh Naylor hits really well against Chicago. Um, he, I, I think I saw he has the second most runs against anybody them this season. Um, you know, he was, he was phenomenal to, uh, two for five, three RBIs. Uh, Ahmed Rosario has been really consistent as of late. His, his batting average is up to 296. Steven Kwan has really turned it on in the, Oh in yeah. The, Kwan in, has figured it out, baby. That's for sure. In the leadoff spot, um, three for five stolen base as well. And, uh, I always, I've been, I've been a huge fan of his. I'll say it again on the show. Kyle Quantrill delivers. Usually he goes six, but he gives you five, six hits, two and runs, a walk, four strikeouts, nothing crazy, but he just, uh, he always keeps you in the game. It feels like, and, uh, he gets the win and, um, the bullpen did his, did his job. Uh, you know, it wasn't really the high leverage guys as usual as in Sandlin. Dilo Santos, who I love, uh, Brian Shaw, we're going to get into him later, and James Karinchak, uh cl- shuts the door down. But this was a really nice team effort coming out of the gate. Uh, you know, I was worried that it was just going to be, you know, G. Lito dominating us as usual. But uh, it was it was really refreshing to see, uh, you know, the energy that Quan brought and Rosario and Naylor. Jose Jose had a had a, had a had an RBI double. Which was nice, but um, this was really about uh, you know, the top of the order really jumping on Giolito in this game, and Jimenez had a had a home run as well. It's eleventh of the year. Wow, 
So yeah, that was yeah, a ripper actually, down the right field line too. Yeah, he has like a like when he when he hits a, a home run, he kind of has like a like a like a shuffle out of the box. I don't know if you notice it. But like whenever he hits a home run, he kind of does like a two stepper out of the box going going to the first baseline. It's like kind of cool. It's kind of like a Sammy Sosa kind of thing where he like does the hop step out of the box when he knows he has it. Yep. So yeah, so he like he hangs on to the bat and then he like does like a two step out of the box. I kind of love it. It's really cool. But, yeah, his yeah. swagger is is awesome. And like yeah, you said, the yeah. team was strong out the gate. And his comp, that's yeah, his confidence was an all time high. Uh, well, yeah, and, and we saw that in a twin series before the break too. Man, he he it has been so much fun to watch him. Man, he is just from a kid that you thought was maybe like a fringe depth player two seasons ago, hell, even last year, um, to holy crap, this guy cannot be out of the starting lineup. He plays a five-star brand of defense. He has a hit tool that is incredible to the point where pitchers know that the only way to get him out is to jam him on inside pitches, so much to the point that he is getting plunked near a league-leading rate that's hit-by-pitch for those of you not in with the lingo. He's been hit an incredible amount of times because pitchers know that they just have to run the ball inside on him because if they put it anywhere else, he's just going to smack it the opposite way. He can pull it for power, uh, and his swagger has been absolutely incredible to watch. You know, his home run uh, signature, you know how Fran Mill is, like, touching and kissing his bicep. Uh, Jimenez is, is firing the rocket launcher off of his shoulder. Uh, just absolutely incredible to see him come into his element very well said yeah um, i just want to uh touch on quantro before i hand it over to you i really am a big fan of his again he's not the flashiest of starters he held it he down is, he is a perfect uh, number four starter in my opinion uh gives you length never re- re- rarely gets bombed I, I think i said it before he's had two really bad games where he just like you know one of those five run run games and but other he's had two of those but other than that he keeps us in the game Unusual kind of pitcher, you know, you know, sinker, cutter, change up, uh, uh, you know, force he throws in the four seamer, but not that much. But uh, man, that sinker is really working. Um, yeah, he really has a like a like a four to five pitch mix sometimes, but he doesn't really feature it. But uh, his his sinker, cutter, change up is really working, and and uh, his command gets spotty. He has some innings where he walks and gives up some hits, but he he really keeps his composure on the mound, Zach. Uh, you know, to, to make his pitches, and then he loses his composure after he makes his pitches. <laughs> but uh, it's really fun to watch him pitch. It is, and you mentioned, you know, his his stuff wasn't. The, I felt like his stuff wasn't the greatest. No. Um, shout out to Major League Baseball. <laughs> this game was on Apple TV Plus, and if you have ever tried to watch a game on Apple TV Plus on any type of smart device, you know that that is a debacle uh, to figure out. I figured out how to put it on my TV. It took me until like the seventh inning. I was followed along with most of the game on my phone. Really annoying. Um, And by far my least favorite of the broadcasting partners that Major League Baseball has. But guards get it done. Uh, Line score tells it all. 15 hits. They were banging the whole way. You mentioned uh, Quan. Boy, he he has figured it out, hasn't he? Fun to watch. In the really leadoff spot, man, he is. When he, we'll talk about Sunday's game today. He got a he ripped a home run in the six to three loss. Yeah, rare rare show of power from him. But folks, he's figured it out. You cannot move him out of the leadoff spot right now. Absolutely cannot. He's batting almost three hundred. He's got an on base percentage over three hundred. Um, he doesn't slug the best, 
Quan's not a guy that's going to hit for home runs, but he can get doubles. He can get gappers. He can get hustle doubles down the line when he pokes it the other way. Um, Rosario is still batted two for three and walked twice in this game. Uh, Ramirez was one for five. Uh, <laughs> Josh Naylor, you may as well. Somebody go change their Wikipedia page uh, to Josh Naylor owning the Chicago White Sox because that has been a repeated theme. And you know it's a repeated theme when White Sox fans start sharing uh, that video of Naylor breaking his leg last year. Shout out to the absolute worst fan base on Twitter in the American League Central. You guys are absolutely trash, and I will die on that hill. Um, be better. Be better, fans. Yeah, please. You never want to. It's it's I, so petty. Look, I try to use Twitter. You know, for my uh, look, strictly for Guardian stuff. You know, I'm very, very passionate, especially during the games. It's really important to just, you know, what you put out there. The be world a fan of the game. It's very, very important to be a good fan of the game. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to watch it. I'm trying. Part of my language just, just don't put stupid shit out there. It's you know, it's gonna be. You couldn't be more petty. You're posting a video of a guy, a human being. Not just an athlete, a human being tearing his leg apart, trying to make a play, and that is a that is a career-threatening injury and possibly a life-threatening injury. He that he, he fractured his, his ankle and leg in three different spots. That is, you know, I, I hated that and I hated seeing that on Twitter. It's just just don't do it. You're better than that. I, I like to think you're better than that. Just don't do it. it was, yeah, it was a hard. It's hard. It's, hard, it's terrible. Yep, but All enough right. about that. We've we've beat that. Um, Sox fans continue to show who they are. It wasn't the uh, first time they did it too, Zach. No, nope, they did it, they did it the... to us earlier this year too. Yep. So, um, but they also cannibalized their own franchise. One of the guys that was calling for Naylor to be plunked in, uh, I think it was game one of the doubleheader that Cleveland won. Uh, I'm pretty sure he sent out a tweet that said the entire Chicago front office should go play in traffic and get hurt. Like, that's just, there is no excuse for that behavior, folks. We are, I'd like to think that the majority of us that engage in these communities are grown ass adults. You would not dare, excuse my language, say that shit to somebody in your workplace. There's a good chance that about 50% of people that you say that to might haul off and hit you. It's just have respect. Like, come on. All right. Enough about that. I'm off my soapbox. What's, Let's get back into baseball. This this was overall a great game. Uh, the team was hitting early. They dropped a four spot uh, on the board in the first inning, followed up by two in the second and two in the sixth. Um, Chicago was really never in it. By the time they got on the board, it was six to two in the bottom of the third. Um, <laughs> Tim Anderson made another throwing error. Uh, actually, they charged him with a fielding error. That's his 12th and angle. Actually, no. Anderson's was a throwing error. Surprise, surprise. Um, and angle was charged with a fielding error. There was just a comedy of errors in this game. Hell, there was a comedy of errors by the White Sox all weekend. You just continue to see just, I don't know how they stay competitive, man. Their defense is terrible. Like, there's, we've seen it in every series that we've played them, whether it's bad plays in the outfield, missing the cutoff, man. Bad relay throws to third base. It's just all over the place, just not good. But that is good for us. Um, good things all around. Karen Chak looked good. 
uh, he struck out two. I, I've been a bit worried about him. I don't. It's, it's like Quincy said last week. I don't exactly know what his ceiling is right now. Uh, the curveball clear- command looks good, but the the velocity just seems down to me. No, He's still throwing ninety six. I don't know. I see him at 94, 95. I, j- I just remember, you know, when he was 97, on the team, 98. Yeah, yeah, I just, that's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's, I think some of it is it's reconditioning because uh, that strength that, takes a long time to build. I just remember that fastball curveball being much more electric. Like right now, this curveball looks great. If he commands that, we're in good shape. Just, I don't know, Zach. The fastball just looks a little not the same to me. I know. Um, I, I think the club thinks he can figure it out, and that's why he's at the major league level. I mean, before he blew out his shoulder, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. Um, and just look for him to continue to get better with his command and his fastball velocity as the season goes on. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, he's got a staple spot in the bullpen, at least until they yeah. can figure out uh, what situation he fits for the bullpen right now. Uh, we'll just touch on some of these others and move on to game two because we have four games to talk about and a crap ton of questions. Shaw pitched a scoreless inning. Surprise. Delos Santos was scoreless. And then Sandlin looked very good on Friday night. He did walk one of the struck out one and pitched a scoreless line. So good things, good pitching, good hitting. Uh, I wish we could play every game like this. Unfortunately, that's uh, that's not how it works. So we'll move on to Saturday. Uh, game this one was a double- weird game. Yes, it was a very weird game. Um, good, good. I, I thought this was majority good. Um, game one of the doubleheader featured Tristan McKenzie on the mound. Um, Chuck, he's your boy, so I won't steal your thunder on him. Uh, but yeah. he did very good. Uh, we got a good hold out of Eli Morgan, which he did get a hold. However, he looked a little rough. Um, Stefan got the win, but was also charged with a blown save. Uh, well, and well, he did. Uh, Morgan did give up three earned runs. Yeah, um, and he, but he didn't walk anybody. Yeah, his changeup was weird. just kind of off. So, so McKenzie looked good. Zach, he really is consistent. I'm so. Uh, he, I don't want to like go get too ahead of ourselves, but he's the ace of the staff currently, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Ninety, you know. Again, that fastball, man. It, there's so much deception from his, you know, and the way he from his release point to his mound presence, the way he it, it's it just rides. It's uh, Jonathan Shope, who's a veteran player of the Detroit Tigers, a well-established player in the league. He said it was like an invisible fastball. That was a quote he used uh, last uh, on his last start, um, which was he uh, was McKenzie pitched incredible in. Yeah, so five uh, five. Five five point two innings, four hits, one run, uh, two walks, four strikeouts. Wasn't the best start, but it definitely works. Uh, yeah, he was at ninety four pitches, so you're you're gonna take him out. Um, Zach Morgan has a tendency to really. He needs to feature that slider more, and I know when you're when, when you're in relief, you tend to just feature two pitches. But it, it looks like they're sit they're uh, they're sitting change up Zach. That, that's how it looks to me. Um, I don't really think they have a choice. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like they're sitting change up. It would, it's it, that's how it's starting to look. And Morgan is a weird thing, Zach, where he doesn't walk anyone, but he just when he has a bad outing, he gets bombed. He gives up a big blast and out of nowhere, and you, your mouth 
I keep right here, you know, I'm sitting relaxing. You know, we we have a commanding lead where it's all good. We're up four to one, and I don't know where Morgan comes in and it just, you know, got a couple, gave up a couple of hits, and boom, just like that. And, my, and then I was, I almost fell out of my couch. I couldn't believe it. And yeah, it's just, he, he has a, t- but I think the problem is he's very reliant on his changeup. If he was a starter, you know, he mixed in the fastball, mix in the slider a little bit more. But as a reliever, he's very, very hesitant, uh, you know, hesitant to do that. But it's it works sometimes, especially when he commands it perfectly. But the changeup, the the command wasn't as as was sharp as we always as we've seen him. And when again, when he when when he gives it up, he gives it up big, Zach. And uh, Stefan looked great, Zach. I'm really encouraged by him. He is something this bullpen really needs. Um, his first time out, he gave up a few hits, and we all got a little little worried. He he pitched an inning in a third, but he but you know he got the job done and hands the ball to Class A. See, we're you know our bullpen is very top heavy. We really need to find a way to shorten the game. I think Stefan getting back in the eighth inning role is really big for this team. So I think I always thought Elon Morgan was more important as like a bulk reliever, kind of a bridge to that, like a fireman type role. Yeah, I, I've always said that here. So Stefan is really, really important to this bullpen, and Class A is, as in my opinion, right now the best best believer in baseball right now. Best closer in baseball, hands down. Yeah. Yep. So you touched on pretty much everything. Uh, the bullpen. Stefan did. He he got a blown save and the win. Um, but like like Chuck said, he looked good, uh, and that's encouraging because there was a point in time where some of us weren't exactly sure what was going on with him. He had kind of fallen off. Uh, the big one that sticks out to me in this game, pitching wise, uh, people have figured out that Eli Morgan's changeup is his go to pitch. Um, and we've seen him when he misses in the zone with it, hitters are able to get the barrel of the bat around on it. And, and that's not what you want. If you're going to throw that Bugs Bunny changeup out of the fastball arm slot, it's got to be down below the zone, practically skipping in the dirt, uh, getting hitters to swing over it. And when it misses in the zone, it's it's getting barreled. Um, yeah, so they so... are looking for it. Um, but we did see him. We have seen him mix in a bit more of his slider, which is that's good. what I like to see him more. Yes, because that's the pitch you, that's Zach, gonna keep hitters honest. I don't know. I don't know when it's gonna happen. I read a column in, in the Athletic from the great Zach Mizell. Zach, I don't be surprised if he's if they work him if he if you see him as a, working as a starter. So I'm saying, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I just wouldn't be surprised. I just think his stuff is built way more for as for a starter. It's very rare to see a changeup. When he was developed as a starter, too. Yeah, it's very rare to see a changeup as an out pitch in the bullpen. Usually it's like fastball, slider, curveball. But, uh, you know, you don't see it. And I think, I, I look, what I, it was Zach Meisel. It was in Meisel's uh, musing, uh, musings over the over the weekend. He, he made a... He, put out a column about the bullpen he, he typed it in there and, and i always thought in the back of my mind that he's eli morgan when, as a starters act and especially in a rookie year he was not that bad last season no. so i'm just saying don't be surprised if it happens somehow they'll stretch him out a little bit more i don't know how they'll do that but maybe they'll figure something out i just wouldn't i'm not saying it's gonna happen i just wouldn't be shocked if it did and but uh let's go to the offense here zach because we don't think we touched on that no, uh, we Steven, haven't Stephen Kwan again, phenomenal. Um, yep, three for five in the leadoff spot again. Three for five, two RBIs too. Yep, and uh, he also had a big hit. But uh, Josh Naylor, man, Josh Naylor wasn't in the lineup. He pinches hit 
in the top Zach in the top of the ninth inning. You know, my, I'm 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 on the floor. I'm, I'm uh, I couldn't gather myself. I'm I'm so upset that Eli Morgan blew it. <laughs> and and Josh Morgan comes in for a pinch hit pinch hit our, our opportunity. And man, he just comes through. Wasn't this, anything fancy either. Just a little right, loop it was hit a to weird, center it was a, field. It was weak contact floater. The swing looked a bit awkward a little bit. Uh, but like I guess when he doesn't hit it hard, that's kind of what it is, especially to center. Um, but man, it's so fun to watch this team. Um, Zach, you can make the argument. Uh, the, I'm trying to think who's more valuable to this team, Naylor or Jimenez. Obviously, Jimenez plays a more important position, but my God, Naylor's bat in this lineup is so important. Like, so important to this lineup. Yeah, he's he's a must-have. Yeah, and then so then he get then it's two to one. I mean, uh, five to four, I'm sorry. And then Stephen Kwan singles on deck after him. He, he scores call. And then Jose Ramirez got a sack fly. Uh, so, it, and, you know, then, then out of the blue, we're up to seven four. And then I'm celebrating because, you know, Emmanuel Class A shuts the door as, as always. So yeah, it was just it was great to see. Very uh, Stephen Kwan, it's official. We have a leadoff hitter. Like we have it, it, it's official. Just mark it down next year. People, you know, throw out their projections for the the Guardians lineup in twenty twenty three all day. He's the leadoff man, no matter what. Yep, I think that is the correct sentiment because there's the the proof is in the pudding, man. Uh, what more do you want from a guy that can go up in five at bats and get on base three times consistently. Uh, that is the nightmare that you want in your leadoff spot um, because he's a threat to starting pitching. He's an extra threat. If they let the starting pitchers see the lineup card a third time around, uh, he hits bullpen pitching very well, both left-handed and right-handed. He has a great eye for the plate and overall just fantastic stuff from him. He has been by far, I think all of us is biggest surprise. And I would actually argue, I don't think most of us knew Stephen Kwan uh, existed until uh, spring training. I, I sure so, really didn't. So I, I, I personally did. Um, the hit tool was crazy last year. He really broke out last season. Um, and he wasn't, no one had him as a being protected from the rule five. No one had him added to the 40 man like last before last season. Nobody. Um, he he was very you know he was drafted in the third round he wasn't he never had pop always had he was always hit over power the speed isn't what you he's not as you know he's not as he's faster than you think but he doesn't show it like he doesn't go out and steal thirty bases so the tools don't jump out at you but my god his strike zone just discipline is incredible and his K rate is incredible it's so much fun to watch him play. It really is. And it's so much fun to just like have like a prospect. Just he wasn't in the top 30 before last season. He's literally developing in front of our eyes. And when you see a prospect just develop and just it's so cool to watch. It's, not, it's one of the best parts of baseball. I agree. Uh, there's so a lot done also, on this game, Zach. I'm, uh, what do you or anything you want to add? Uh, just on Jimenez, two for four. Um, yeah. Again, continues to be solid, raises his batting average to over 300 again. Should have been the voted starting all-star for the second baseman, but the all-star game's a popularity contest. Um, fans, unfortunately, I don't say this, unfortunately, fans deserve to have the players that they want represented. represented. But if at the same time, the season, oh my goodness, he, he's going to be eligible for a silver slugger. I don't think he's going to be Altuve in terms of home runs, 
but in terms of like on base percentage, it's going to be close. But Mike, that is so impressive. I remember like the second he was, I remember like um, in 2020 offseason, we all knew Lindor was getting traded because it was like a foregone conclusion. They basically, they pretty much said it, you know, in their offseason press conference. And then like, so like Zach Mizell would always put out like, you know, these mock trades. And the first name always comes up is Andres Jimenez. You know, he was a controllable shortstop, you know, glove first shortstop. I'll never forget. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking at it. He's, he was like number, I, I, I study prospects all the time. I study top 30s, top 100, because Guardians, that's basically where we live, you know, in the trade cycles. So I, I remember studying him and like, it just, now I'm looking back. He, he was like, I think he was at one point, the 58th ranked prospect in the top 100. And he got a we got a monster monster signing bonus, so the talent was always there. And it's just we all you know we, I guess sometimes we just get lost in the translation of like when a, you know when he first got called up last year he was a bit of a disaster, and he didn't get consistent playing time. Then he got sent down a couple of times, and then the pop really played at AAA. And then, but my God, the he is the consistency. Zach is what's so great about him. That's that's so much fun to watch. I agree. Uh, his slugging percentage is 493. He's got an AP, OPS of 853. Uh, that's pretty dang good. And uh, if you want some even more uh, absolutely insane stats on him, uh, with runners at first and second, he's batting 348 on base at 400, slugging 609. Uh, he officially a, leads the league in uh, American League and runners as scoring position. Yep, with that a runner with one runner at second, he's batting 394 on base at 444 with a slugging of 636, and a runner at first is actually his worst batting category. He's batting 244 on base at 277, OPS of 588. Um, those numbers are absolutely insane. His total scoring position metrics: he is batting 378 on base at 435. For a slugging percentage with runners in scoring position of 757. Wow. That is absurd. But um, we got another game to talk about in this day. I just wanted to touch on that. You know, don't forget about Himi. Uh, he's doing <laughs> he's doing incredible stuff, man. He is he is a joy to watch. Um, shout out also Nolan Jones in this game, two for three. Uh, he looked pretty good. We're gonna touch on something of his that I think. Maybe he's plaguing him a little bit that he can work on, but we'll get to that later. Uh, game two of the doubleheader. I'm going to sit this one out, Zach. Okay, I'll take this one. <laughs> um, this one, this one, oh. man. Okay, so I need to apologize for a tweet I sent. Um, I sent a pretty strong tweet about uh, mismanagement about the game. Uh, it was It was very passionate. It was very spirited. Uh, but it maybe wasn't the right way to go about expressing how I felt about it. Let's be clear. This game was 110% mismanaged. Um, I, I I don't know what to say, man. There's, there's really no way that you can score four runs in the top of the seventh inning by terrorizing the White Sox with blue pits and taking advantage of their bad defense and then come back and lose. Like, I don't know why the... The Zach, emphasis wasn't on winning a winnable I'm gonna give game. You my, I'm going to give you my play-by-play in my apartment. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. So let's, uh, you want me to start? Yeah, this one's a tough one, man. We shouldn't spend too long on this one. We'll hit the important stuff, and then we'll wrap well, the series. I think it's important. From, it uh, is. Being able to talk about the bad things, yeah. makes us, it makes us better because it really forces us to be objective to try to find the good. 
um, as yeah. well as like um, being able to constructively talk about the bad. So this was the game of the weekend in an unfortunate way. Um, Fox Baseball Night in America game. Yeah. I thought Pilkington hung in there to start off. Uh, you know what, Zach? I Real quick note you... on Pilkington. For those of you I... dunking on him on Twitter, you are dunking on a pitcher that has pitched less than 20 career innings at AAA. Yeah, and that's this year, by the way. He didn't pitch AAA before the season. So, no, Zach, he hasn't I pitched he... AAA at all. Yeah, I, I, I thought he really hung in there, Zach. I don't know what, what, the, what the hell people want from him. He's a sixth, he's a sixth starter. Nothing more. He hasn't pitched in AAA before the season. What the hell do you want from him? Five innings pitched, four hits. His comm- He walks a lot of people, Zach. I'll say that. He does, he never and hit- it's because he makes a lot of pitches. Yeah. He, he, maybe that's something they can work on, maybe solidifying his pitch mix. You know, now they're, they're, they're getting him to trust his fastball. He gets very fastball heavy, and just, you know, the location gets a little yikes. And uh, he, he can't – then he then his, he can't commit command his uh, – this change up really, and then so we go. You go. We go down one nothing. You could live with that, Zach. And then it's and then he is his final line. He gives up two earned runs. You're down two nothing, right? You could live with that. A six starter gives you that. I'll sign up any day of the week, Zach. I'm sorry. I don't, I've seen a lot of people shit on him on Twitter. Lay off. He's doing his job. So so then then the seventh inning happens, right? Okay, so it's two nothing now. Now remember, Zach. We used Class A, Stefan, and Morgan, but they also used Hendricks as well in the first game. That the, those three runs were all off Hendricks in the ninth inning, and in the first. Mm-hmm. So they're clo- so they're closers down. So we're yep. at this. We're all at a disadvantage in the second game. So that in the back of my mind, I, I wasn't so upset about the two nothing lead. So what happens? You know, we start kicking ass. Um, let me get to Jimenez my notes. singles. Let me get let me get to my notes here. Jimenez, yeah, so Menace singles. Jones struck out. Yeah, he did. And let me just get to my notes. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So, so Jimenez singles, and then Clement singles, which was nice to see. I'm going to get into him tomorrow uh, in the next game. Miles Shaw triples. You know, credit to him. He, he, I, it's a weird. It's a weird angle there. It's like in that in the in that uh, guarantee rate field. Once you get in the corner, it looked like the, the field. Nobody could catch. You know cut it off and then it, t- it turns into a triple no matter what and then Quan singles and then it's three to three so then my wife goes oh my god yeah. you know it's three to three it's three to three and then Ahmed Rosario gets up and just rips a, uh, a rips a triple in the in the gap and Quan scores and it's four to three things are good in Guardians land we're up four to three now as the inning is shifting I'm saying to, during the commercial break I'm like what the hell's what the hell are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? So you're thinking to yourself, Karen Shack, Sandlin, you've had the figure that Shaw was gonna get one inning. That's what I said to him. I knew it was gonna be Shaw. So, right? So I'm playing so Shaw goes out first inning. Nothing. It's okay. You know, a one one, two, three inning, I believe, if I'm not if I'm not wrong, Zach. One, two, three inning. You know, he goes out, and then I'm I'm saying so I'm saying to my wife, there's no way they're gonna bring him out for the eighth, right? So uh, I'm saying I want Sandlin, I want Karen Check, and I secretly wanted Delo San- Santos. I didn't understand that at all, Zach. Delo Santos didn't pitch in the first game. You know, nope. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. Uh, I thought he would have been appropriately used there too. Now, so I, I said I remember during the commercial break, I said it to my, I said this word for word. 
I said to my wife, there's no way they're keeping him in for the eighth inning. It's not, there's, there's no way. And, the, and then he's on the mound for the eighth inning. I say, oh, what, what, what? Then I tweeted this. What the hell are we doing? Hashtag for the land. Those are my tweets, by the way. Yep. Like, I, I have anxiety for the land. <laughs> you know? um, so then I think he, I don't know what he did. Shop, he starts losing his command. Then we are, we're all getting anxiety because you don't know what the hell we're doing. Now, Zach, here's where I'm okay. Here's where I'm not upset. I have no problem bringing in Nick Sandlin. But if you're going to bring in Nick Sandlin, give him a clean inning, Zach. Give yeah, him a don't clean make inning. him play mop up. Don't, and, and that's so, just really bad use of him. Yeah, give him a clean inning. You have a kid that's working through command issues and he seems to put it behind him. Give Sandlin a clean inning. And, I, and Zach, I, I, you know, I. I I thought he, he's done a good job. And now we're sitting there. Shaw loads the ba- – Shaw what, is the bases loaded, Zach? Yeah, bases loaded. Do, uh, yeah. So it's bases loaded. We're sitting there. We're like, what What the hell is going to happen? They're bringing Sandlin. Two outs. He he, uh, he, get, he gets ahead 0-1. And uh, it was A.J. Pollock, right? Yeah. Mis- yep. So It was on that weird play to third. Yeah, so what do you think, Zach? It's a liner to Clement. Is that a play that should have been made? Okay, so they didn't score it as an error. They scored it as a single that was deflected off of Clement. So the scorer felt that it was a 50-50 play, and on 50-50 plays, you always give the benefit of the doubt to the hitter. Um, I just... It just... I think for somebody that's playing third base in a depth role, there's no, this is going to be my take. I'm a fan of the game subject to your own interpretation. If you are going to occupy the team's infield super utility spot, you have to, right. See, that's where I'm upset. You have to make that play. Yeah. Uh, Critical situation. It allowed two runs to score. Just. It painful, man. So. Sandlin, I thought it was a good pitch. He makes makes his pitch. It's a dart to Ernie Clement. It took a weird hop, right, Zach? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. And it hit just, the base it, of his glo- hit the palm of his glove it, and skipped it up. Hits, it, it hits it hits the palm of his glove and the ball just starts rolling. And then then I then I just then my heart my it, it broke my heart. It broke it, it broke my heart. So Zach, there's something a few things I want to get off my chest. You know, Zach, we pointed earlier in the podcast about. Chicago fan bases um, ripping on, you know, uh, putting stupid stuff on Twitter. We're going to, I want to do, we got to, we got to be fair. I saw some stuff on Guardians Twitter that was not great. Uh, uh, Oh, this fan base melts down when things like this happen. No, I I saw, I saw some very inappropriate things written about, written about Brian Shaw, written about Tito, written about Ernie Clement. You can't do it. Can't do it. I didn't want to. I don't like getting in arguments and quoting them and blasting them. Um, I just I was very very horrified by the things I read on Guardians Twitter about Brian Shaw. I was very very upset, and people and yeah, and people, people were sending stupid stuff about yeah, Shaw. On. So like at the end Tito, of the day, it's Tony, a, you can't do it. At the end of the day, it's a game. Okay. These are other humans. They're out there trying to win. Be a fan of the game. All right. We can sit here and complain about the way the game was managed. That doesn't mean you have to send stupid threats out on Twitter and, uh, and that, make yourself look like an idiot. I know that like we're just like people in our living rooms sending out tweets. 
the athletes see they see those tweets their family members see those tweets and you know they're fa- those are you know those are members of families that see those tweets i was horrified reading it yeah it, so it, for know, those of you who don't know guys like i'm serious i i said this last week guys these guys have family members on twitter okay they know how to do keyword searches they know how to see what we're talking about like i know i'm not perfect be better I, I've gotten upset. I'm not perfect. I, yeah, but you you're know, not I, out here telling. You're not out here threatening anybody. Yeah, you know, like your your tweets are passionate, and that's okay because we can always come back Zach, and talk about it. Zach, I was horrified reading some of the stuff I saw on Twitter. I couldn't believe my eyes, but I was yeah. reading. It's just, it's just uh, we got to be fair. We, we dumped on Chicago. Sox fans for the same thing. Yeah, just we got to be fair. Be fucking better, please. Yeah, it's really and, not hard. Yeah. So, and uh, on the lighter things, we're not firing Tito like stop <laughs> like no manager's perfect does he get attached to brian shaw yes i thought it was crazy the second he came out for the eighth inning that's my problem i had no problem using sandlin there zach i just that uh, you can't you give sandlin a clean inning brian shaw was stupid coming out for the eighth inning um, uh, it broke my heart seeing him come out for the eighth inning honestly then let's go to the ninth our hearts our hearts get bro- broken you kind of Nobody had faith in that ninth inning. I don't even know who the reliever was. was uh, for so the upset. Sox, the Sox threw out Foster. Yeah, Foster. And the ninth had a north of five ERA. So you know no, somebody got before the game. I think, Straw, I think Straw drew a walk. Um, and it was then actually it comes, Clement. Oh, Clement. I'm sorry. And then Straw, Straw gets out. He was. I think he had a two zero count also. Which Hedges he and it. Straw. Uh, and Hedge, then, now remember, Hedges sacked. Hedges sack yeah, oh yeah, he did. He bunted, and then Hedges had a two zero count and grounded Miles, up. And, Miles yep. had a two zero count. Yep, and then so it's Quan. I'm just, I was so heartbroken about what happened in the eighth inning. I'm not even on the edge of my chair. I'm kind of like sunk into my chair, like body language out the window, heartbroken. And Quan hits a liner. I thought, I thought it had a shot. To get over the the infielder, Josh I did. Harrison, Har- man, yeah, and Harrison nabbed it. I thought I had, off the bat, I thought he had a shot. It got me out of my chair. I thought he had a chance, but my God, that was a brutal loss. Holy shit! What a yep. what a bad especially, loss, especially Zach, with it being like so close. The, you had them on the rope, Zach. You could three, you could have had them three zero in the series. We're up. You know, are you that you had Bieber on the mound today? We'll get into that later, obviously. Zach, you had the doubleheader swept in your hands, in your hands. Yep. What are you doing sending out Shaw for the eighth inning? And for the, for the record, Shaw did his job, Zach. Shaw did his job. Tito left him out to burn. And and I love Tito, one of the greatest managers in the history of the game. In my opinion, the best manager, manager in baseball. He's not, I don't. People stop saying fire Tito. These these kids are playing their hearts out and getting them, and he's getting the most out of them. Stop saying fire Tito. Managers are allowed to make mistakes, okay? But Zach, he has he know Tito knew he made a mistake. He said it in the post game presser. He didn't manage it great. It wasn't his best managing management manage, managerial moments. But you can't just send Shaw for the eighth inning. I'm perfectly fine letting Sandlin, but you got to let Sandlin have a clean inning. I thought it'd be De Los Santos. I don't know what the hell happened to him. He's been mon- Zach. He's had over. He's five been money. Settings. He's uh, he is six scores. I don't know what the hell happened. Henches hasn't pitched. I don't know what happened there. Uh, maybe Karen check. I, I don't know. But you can't let Shaw out for the anything. Your turn, Zach. All right. So, um, I don't really have anything else about this one. 
the bullpen didn't exactly do the best. Ca- Castro came in and gave up a run. Shaw gave up two. Um, I, I Sandlin, didn't touch on Castro. What are they doing there, Zach? Uh, what's going I, on here? Okay, so we'll end on this one with this game. You know, I'm I'm going to touch on him in the in, the, in today's game because he pitched. Yeah. Up, so that trade is looking up to. <laughs> It's shaping up to look more that that trade for Brad of Bradley Zimmer for Anthony Castro was trading trash for garbage. Um, Freed up a roster spot if if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I I mean, the so the trade of Bradley Zimmer that's what makes way for guys like Nolan Jones and Alex Call, Oscar Gonzalez. Um, That's fine. Uh, Castro's fastball is his best tool. Uh, he's got, I think, a like a seventy out of seventy grade fastball. The problem What's is his breaking str- pitch. Is it a slider or what is that? Uh, while we're talking about it, I'll look it up on Savant. Um, he he just really struggles with command. Like when he's on, like as we we saw him pitch in the Dodgers yeah, series. I, I wanted to talk about that today. He uh, was, I, I'm, yeah, he was money. I'll say, I'll say the that consistency. For the, yeah, I'm gonna save my thoughts on him for the next game real quick. But um, yeah, just look, we're not firing Tito. Get that no. out of your heads. This this job is literally Tito's until he says it's not. That's pretty much what's going on here. It's yeah. literally like a year by year contract. He's signed through twenty twenty two, and then Paul Dolan is on record saying it's pretty much his job until he doesn't want it. That's pretty much what it is. Yep. So Castro's pitches guys, slider, four seam, sinker. But yeah. So man, managers are entitled to make mistakes, but guys, you got to keep your shit together. I, guys, I was losing my shit in my own apartment. Uh, you know, I, I was in a I was in a very bad place Saturday night. But but Zach, my problem is Zach, you had them on the ropes. Yeah, we, we could have swept the doubleheader. It's you know, we had and then and then the momentum just just sucked the life out of us, me included. Yep, and that was a pretty tough one. Uh, a lot of us were upset about that, so we've we've beat that one into. A are you okay, are you okay with the, you're not? What are you upset about, Zach? That he put brought Shaw out for the eighth inning? Yeah, it felt it was to go to Sandlin. It felt like the game would have been in better hands of a different reliever. You know, you got one good inning out of Shaw. That's that's fine. That's the role. And to be fair to Shaw, I thought he did his job. He uh, did, but I don't think Shaw is that guy that you can tote out for two innings in a high leverage situation yeah. and expect him to deliver both times. I'm, oh my God, Zach! And look at the pitch count: thirty-two pitches. Thirty-two pitches, for Brian Shaw. What what are you doing? Yeah, the, like, the oh, one Zach, inning was on. enough. I'm done. I'm done. Just move on, yep. Zach. The one inning was enough. Enough is enough. Um, tough game, especially tough loss with what we're going to talk about this time. Oh, uh, guards, Brian Shaw threw 32 pitches. Oh my God. <laughs> guards fall in Sunday's game, uh, split the four game series with the White Sox six to three. Uh, this one, there ain't no way around this one. Uh, this one's on Biebs. He, he got banged around pretty bad. He got banged around for five runs in the second inning. He gave up two home runs. Uh, he gave up a three-run home run to AJ Pollock. He gave up a, yeah, it's just the two. So he gave up uh, a home run to Larry Garcia. It was a two-run homer. He gave up a three-run blast to AJ. He Pollock. hits him well. It's one of those weird baseball things. Larry Garcia hits Bieber well. He's yes, like the only does. White Sox that has a good history against him. Yep, and then Pollock with a rare showing of uh, power goes out to left field over the fence. That, uh, some that, people were I saying that I couldn't believe that ball got out. I, I, I know some people were saying that Nolan Jones would have had a better chance to rob that home run in right field. Not nah, that uh, ball. That nah, ball no was six feet, six feet over the fence. Um, 
you know, it, it cleared the fence by plenty. It didn't, you know, barely plunk over. Um, that's not, not a like friend. Fran, though, defense. Is, uh, yeah. Is, is, uh, you know, he's a pretty big dude. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because that stuff that came out this past week about the club wanting him to lose weight to, you know, maybe play a better right field. Um, I don't think they're very happy with where he's at right now, but very telling Zach, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll get into he, that later. We have a lot he, of mailbag on that. Yep. We're, so we're going to wrap this one pretty quick. Um, okay. I'll so friend mill, friend mill, I'll, I'll take this one to start. Okay. Friend mill didn't look bad in this game. Um, he went two for five. He had a very nice home run to deep center field on a slider that was in the outside part of the plate that was left over. Uh, that was definitely a, you either have the strength to hit it out or you don't home yeah. run. It wasn't in his wheelhouse. He had to reach out and get it. Um, that's, that's what you want to see from him. You want to be able to see him go out and get that muscled over the fence. And you want to see him be able to get balls in his nitro zone and rip them to right field. We haven't really seen him do that this year. And that's, what's costing him. Some of his powers. He's late on fastballs up in the zone and he cannot lay off of sliders low and away. Um, he has so, not seen um, he has not seen a legitimate slider for a strike in over forty plate appearances. Zach, what's Framos K rate? Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I kind I'm kind of curious because somebody told me it's like fifty percent. It's it's pretty bad. Um, forty forty. What is it? While I look it up, so he has the great, the great he has ninety nine ninety nine strikeouts out of two hundred fifty. He has 99 strikeouts out of 254 plate appearances. That's horrifying, Zach. Uh, it's not good. Let me make sure I did the math on that right. Oh, Do you have his K rate up on Fangraphs? I, I did the math myself. Uh, it's strikeouts divided by plate appearances. It's 38.9%. Oh, my God. I obviously wasn't 50, so but Zach. For reference last year, I don't even think his strikeout rate last year was that bad. 149 out of 466, which is... I mean, it's not much better. It's thirty-one percent. I mean, he's, exactly. led, he's he, been he, in the top he, ten percentile in strikeouts. Though. He's been in the top ten per top five percentile of strikeouts among hitters for two out of the last three seasons. Zach, yeah, uh, at some point, you would hope there's some, per, you know, progress in that department. Zach, uh, again, I don't want. It's just sad. You know, the home run was nice, but he had. He, it was it was first and third. We were, we were in the dumps. He grounds into a double play. It's it's not it's just not his year. Uh, we're waiting for him to break out of the slump. It's you are what you are, Zach. You know, and I love him. I love him. I love him to death. The world I do needs too. more frame. I world need the world. This world needs more Fran Mel Reyes. That's what Terry Francona said in, in spring training. He's just a great person. But at, at some point, as a player, you are what you are. Zach, it feels yeah. like he strikes out every other at bat. That's how it feels like. The he... great Tom, the great Tom Hamilton said that today. It, it feels like he strikes out every other at bat. It, 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 it's crazy. Uh, come on. Well, I mean, um, so if you boil it down, thirty-eight percent. If you figure a guy bats four times in a game, you know, four times thirty-eight percent, he's about one and a half. If you take it for five at bats, five times thirty-eight percent. It's about two, two out of every five times he's pretty much striking out. He's just shy of a 40% strikeout rate, which is absolutely absurd. The best power hitter in the game right now, Aaron judge only strikes out at like 24.7%. That is still abysmally high. 
Um, but that's a risk you take for, you know, a guy whose potential upside is a 40 home run a year candidate. Um, uh, I, all right. I don't, I don't want to talk too much about Framo because we, I think we, we have a lot of questions on him. We do. Overall uh, in this we're game, just, we're just really worried about him. Put it that yeah, way. And I want to uh, see Framo be good, man. I really do. I love him. Um, when he hits home runs, it's a sight to behold. He hits loud home runs. Um, I really hope he figures it out if he's still on this team after the trade deadline. So there are um, a few things I want to touch on in this game. Go ahead. Uh, offensively, Quan two, yes, uh, two for four got a home run. How nice was that to see? Yep, it was late. Uh, it late in the game too. Yeah, it was carrying. I was I was kind of praying it would just go out so we can just feel better about ourselves. <laughs> but this game, but this game, but this game, uh, but this game, this game is about Shane Bieber. Zach, he hasn't pitched in twelve days. He hasn't pitched in twelve days, Zach. Remember, he 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 got, you know, he didn't pitch in the in the Detroit series, Zach. So he had, he he hasn't pitched in twelve days. And Yikes. well, yeah, because it was right before the All Star break. Zach, the velocity was ninety one. I don't know, how, Zach. I, I I I don't. It's, it's, it's I don't know what they do. What do you do? I, I just this is crazy. Eight hits, one walk. 74 76 pitches. He's still not walking, guys. 76 pitches. The slider was barely moving, Zach. It, uh, it was 91 starting to scare me. You know, Zach, remember like in his second or third start, he said that it, the velocity will be there when I need it, you know, later in the season. It's not. It's it's a it's Zach, it's it's August, basically. The velocity isn't there. This is who he is. I don't know if it's a, I don't know, but Zach, this is the pitcher he is this season. 91 miles per hour on his fastball. And he's very in the zone. Usually he's on, he's painting it on the corners. I haven't seen that a lot this year. Zach, uh, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong. Um, Cash, this was the only inning in Anthony, Anthony Cash. I think he had three good innings where I said to myself, you know, Anthony Castro could be a major league reliever. Anthony Cash, that fastball looked good. He looked confident. Uh, the slider was bouncing around. That fastball was, you know, 95, 96. It looked, that was nice to see, Zach. I'll give him credit there. And Henches was nice to see, but Zach, this is all about Shane Bieber. You know, you have your ace on the mound. And you roll We're, out your B squad lineup. Yeah. So no one Jones isn't playing. I don't know what the hell that I don't know what the hell is that. Ernie Clement getting his second start in a row. Zach, it's a bad look. It's just a bad look. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you have a, I don't know what, uh, Zach, explain, explain We've that. Said it. It's just not, We've it's just a bad it. look. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I value Ernie Clement's defense. I, I value that. But Zach, it's just a bad look to not play Nolan Jones today. It's just a bad look. And Zach, you know what? You know that Dylan Cease is the best starting pitcher in the major leagues for his right hand, right handed hitting. Yeah. And he was snubbed from the all game. And what do we game. do? What do we do today? We roll out six right-handed hitters, just like just what do you? Do? I, I don't know why Nolan Jones didn't play. It's one thing for Jose he didn't play. I'm okay with that. You, you want to protect him. He played both games in the doubleheader, but Nolan Jones not playing and Ernie Clement. Zach, it's a bad look. It's just a bad look, Zach. Um, and I'm Zach. Something's going on with Bieber. It was very alarming. The slider wasn't 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 what it usually is. That knuckle. It's, it's a combination. Good. His fastball was flat on velocity, and he was. He was not able to get his breaking stuff down. It at was all. sad. I yeah, couldn't believe it, I, it looked, I couldn't believe I was watching. Remember? Well, 20, and even the 20, crazy thing is, Bieber still goes six after the yeah, second inning. He really did so. 94, 93, 94 in twenty twenty. Yeah, Zach, this is crazy. 
Yeah, he's Zach, had a pretty like, bad velocity Zach, regression. He's, 20, he's in the prime of his career, early prime of his career. What are we? What's happening here? Yeah, and, this... and so like it's he's throwing ninety one, ninety two. Uh, Zach, I'm losing my mind. Zach, he's throwing ninety one, and like it, it, it looks slow. It looked like a slow ninety one with no movement too. Zach, um, yeah, it definitely didn't play up the way that it normally does. So we're facing Dylan Cease, and he is such a good pitcher. We're in trouble. He he is such a good pitcher, Zach. That slider is nasty. That velo is at 97, 98. I'm like, holy shit. So once Lori Garcia gets the two-run homer, you know, you could live with that. You know, the, the bullpen's been dicey. And once the H.J. Pollock home run got out, my I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I just couldn't believe it. But Bieber's, I'm nervous, officially nervous about Bieber. I'll never forget that quote. It was it was on maybe his third start. He said, my velo will be there later in the season. It's later in the season, and it's just not there. It's just alarming. I, You, you said it, man. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, we talked about it early in the season, and Bieber had been able to compensate for it by really making his breaking pitches play up. Um, he had been able to get guys out uh, his slider percentage is way up this year compared to what he normally throws. Uh, it you tells can see you a that. lot, Zach. Yep, mm-hmm. you can see that if you go on Baseball Savant and sort by pitch percentage. What do you um, make of them not pitching him for 10 or 11, 12 days? What do you make I, of that? I think it's a little bit of rust, and I also think it's just the way the schedule fell. But with the you long say you're not rest... you not reading it at all? I eh, thought it was weird. With the long rest, I would have had Bieber out of the gate. I would have reset. Uh, yeah, so, I would have. So I, I would have they, reset the rotation, starters. especially yeah. with the weird double header, because you know you're gonna, you know you're gonna throw a twenty seventh man in one game of the double header anyway. I would have reset the rotation. If yeah, when 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 that when we got rained out, they released the starters, and right away I thought Bieber would be, you know, Bieber would lead, you know, would lead off the series. And no, no it was Quantrill. Just weird. It just it makes you wonder, Zach. That's something they're protecting him, or I don't know. Either that, or it's the organizational f- philosophy of they follow a strict rotation order. To be fair, I'm, I'm trying to think. He didn't. Pit, he had the injury last year, so he's going to surpass his innings total by a lot. Oh yeah. And, tw- and 2020 was a shortened season, so maybe I don't know. Maybe that's something, but it just makes you wonder, Zach. Fastballs down. Do you want, do you want some yeah. encouraging? Something encouraging about Biebs? It's his, not going to help, but sure. His FIP is still 2.74. You know how I feel about FIP lately, Zach. I know, but it is a good it is a good metric, a good to metric look at. FIP, I just, the eye test isn't passing, Zach. It's, not it's alarming. Right no. Like when you see an ace like McKenzie, you see the confidence, you see the, the electric, the energy, the, the you know, the fastball, the, the curveball, the movement. You don't see that in Bieber right now, you know? The knuckle curve wasn't great. The slider, he didn't command his slider early on. He got into it a little bit later, but you know it was the game was that way out of hand. Once it was five nothing, and versus season, it was game over. Yep. All right. There's not a lot of good to talk about in this game other than Fran, uh, Quan getting a home run and Fran Mill hit the two run bomb. Um, I'll wrap this because we got to go into mailbag and it's late on Sunday. Uh, Castro pitched a scoreless inning. And Henches uh, magically reappears out of nowhere. Uh, and Dylan Cease, man, I'll just I'll wrap on this. <laughs> Dylan Cease, he, he's something, dude. He is ten and four on the year with a two point oh three ERA, six innings, seven hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts. I am going to vomit the next time we see him. So 
tough series for the guards, uh, but it's a split. Okay. Two and two's not bad. You know, the season is by no means over. Like some of you are melting down on Twitter about, um, but let's move into something a little bit more, uh, lighthearted. This is my favorite segment of the week. We do. This is, uh, Monday mailbag. So y'all send us questions on Twitter. I send out the tweet, uh, every Sunday and you guys respond with what you want us to talk about. So, Will you will jump into it? I need to scroll through my Twitter here and find some of the questions. All right, we'll just go in order, um, and I'll keep us moving on these. We need to be concise uh, and to the point. So Scott Scott Ross, a good friend of the podcast, appreciate us, you, Scott. Yes, sir. Who is least likely to be a guardian after the deadline? Ahmed, Franmil, Beaver, Miller, or one of the OFs? Uh, I'll let you take this one. Zach, so I have some news that just came out right before we started recording. Somebody sent out a tweet that Jeff Passan was said, said on ESPN that there's a chance that Zach Plesak won't be a guardian by the end of this week. I don't know, which could be just speculation, but he, he did say that and it was confirmed that he said that on ESPN broadcast. So, there is there's definitely interest on the starting pitching market. Context: If that's coming from Jeff Passan, that's money. Yeah, so it, there's definitely some interest there. It makes you know, right away. It makes sense because obviously Guardians always look for value. They're always looking to build for the future. And if, if let's say for example, if somebody misses out on Luis Castillo, who's the number one pitcher on the market, right away he would you know Zach Plesac could be on the cheaper side with good club control as well. Just, just, And he's been pitching better as of late as opposed to the first month of the season. Um, just putting that out there. I'm going Fran Mill, Reyes, Zach. Fran Mill, Reyes, yeah. number one. It's starting to feel that way. Hurts me, man. So there are a bunch of reasons. The tea leaves say it all the way. Terry, Terry Pluto, who I who I, I love reading his columns, said that he was he's, he's hearing them that they're getting calls and he thinks he's going to get traded for two reasons. One, there was a thing that he did not come into camp in shape as the guardians would hope, which is a big red flag in this front office. They don't mess around with that kind of stuff Two, It's starting to feel like Zach, that they want the flexibility of the DH for Jose, for Naylor to not just clog up the DH spot in, you know, just a one guy. And um, we have a lot of outfield prospects and Nolan Jones, for example, in right field, um, George Valera, obviously it just, and to be honest, Zach, again, to be, you just got to be fair. If he's not hitting home runs for this team, what does he bring? Yep. And, uh, and again, I love Fran Mill. I love him. Um, it's just, he just, what does he, he doesn't bring anything else to the table. And that's, that's just what it is. We just got to be objective and, and fair. And yeah, I'm going Fran Mill. I, I, but I would not be shocked if I'm at Rosario I traded. I guess I could just, I see it happening. So... Uh, but I think, but it's Fran Mill. I have been a proponent all year long of the fact that I think Plesak would benefit a team that's looking to make a deep playoff run uh, in their bullpen. Uh, he's a guy that if you need to throw a bullpen game in a playoff game, uh, can eat three or four innings and be very effective. You don't have to let him see the lineup card more than maybe one, one and a third times. Um, and his stuff plays up. Uh, it's when he gets into the later part of the card, seeing them the second and third times that he typically runs into issues. He hasn't really gotten banged around all that much in the beginning parts of this year. So Plesak would not surprise me at all. I have no idea how the front office moves Franmil. Uh, he is dead weight right now. 
I hate saying that because it's very At negative. At some point, Zach, I don't think it. I mean, I obviously, it you'd like to get a lot of value. I, Zach, you know, maybe it, some it, low A prospects that you think you can turn and develop. Yeah. Save the roster spot, you know, yep. and and put maybe Naylor at the age. You you remove his need for salary arbitration uh, yeah. for next so you, year. You, you get cheaper. That always helps, Zach. At some point, you you know, it. I don't, at some point, it becomes an addition by subtraction. And again, yep. I love Fran Reyes with all my heart. So and, I will. Yeah, I'll get my final. Right I'll get my final thoughts on this one. So I think Fran has gone. I have no mm. idea who takes him. I hope that a change of scenery helps him. He does um, have right-handed pop. Yes, but, but I think he Zach, needs by the an way, institutional you know, his, 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 his right-handed pitching is falling apart, too. Yeah. Um, like, badly, by the way. Just nobody seems to care because he's just straight. It's just that nobody even looks under the hood at this point because, no. you know, the strikeouts have gotten so bad. But um, he does bring some right-handed pop to a contender, you know, that, that needs some right-handed balance in the lineup. I could see it. Like the Mets. I could see New York Mets doing that. They yep. have a lot of left, they're very left-handed well, heavy with Alonzo. And so Lindor, here's, here's the thing about Franmil. We saw it. Like, clearly the guy is a hitter. He did a rehab stint at Columbus where he absolutely destroyed AAA pitching. So it's not the... It, he, he has a hit tool. He can hit for power and he can get on base. It's the discipline part that needs some work. And Owen Miller is at a point started with the. I'm sorry, Zach. Owen Miller also started the first two games out of the break with no yep. Franmil Reyes. Yep. Just telling. Just telling. It me. is. So my final thoughts on this one. I think Plesak is a lock to move. Um, Isaac Hyman also asked us in relation to this, what do you think the club would look for in a return? I think that they're going to look for honestly, I don't even know, man. Um, it depends on the leverage and what the market looks like for somebody that maybe needs a fifth starter and or bullpen help. So let's try to be positive. He has two and a half years club control. Yep. With, with yeah, two years 30, arbitration left. With thirty with thirty five homer potential. So right away, the two and a half year control looks good. So whoever's taking him, they're not going to DFA him. So you're no. pretty much at least trading year and a half control. Now it could just the roster crunch could just be so crazy where we just you know scout a guy in a ball. And just you know, just take the roster flexibility, and maybe call up Gabriel Arias or or Oscar Gonzalez. Just you know, I think the roster, I think the forty man flexibility is something they really need right now. There's there's literally one or two spots that they can use to to make a move, and they need more than that. I agree. A Fran Mill trade frees up a spot. I think so. My thoughts on this: Fran Mill, uh, Plesac, and Miller are gone. I think Miller's a little bit of an extra weight. Um, I think the possibility for Nolan Jones to move to first base is very much a thing, and Naylor slide into your DH spot. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much how it's going to happen. Which would be good for him and his leg. Um, Jones, young guy, uh, he's got flexibility, left-hander. So uh, I can think definitely learn how to play first for, base. I think positional change for Nolan Jones is probably going to happen in the offseason. It's a young player; they're not going to want him to change position positions. I think Nails stays at first for now. I think he stays the rest of the season. It's only, it's only it's really two months. I, I think yeah. Naylor's going to stay at first. Zach, all Miller's playing a lot of first base, a lot of first base. Zach, um, and that that it's when a, a a team doesn't the Guardians don't leak anything. They never speak. They never you never hear. You know, it's very rare they don't speak at like they don't leak anything. But their actions tell you what you know. Owen Miller playing first base. 
with no Fran Reyes in the lineup was very, very telling. telling. The first two games, yeah. So yeah. right away, that that that's their action saying that he's not part of this team's future, in my opinion. You know, so, and Owen Miller's been getting a lot of work. You know, like he's he has, you know, and he's also been taking a lot the of game, extra fielding practice too. That's his only position, Zach. Right now, that's his only position on this team. So it's pretty much him at first, and Naylor DHing or Naylor at first. Yeah, yep. so it's, it's alarming. It is what it is. So Isaac asked us what a realistic return in the police act trade would look for. Okay, so this is a complicated question because I have no idea what other teams' farm systems look like. I would assume that the best bet that we're going to see is if we trade Plesak, we're either committing to Connor Pilkington filling the rotation for the rest of the year or giving a guy like Peyton Battenfield a shot in the five spot for the rest of the summer. Um, I would assume that they're going to want bullpen help. Uh, I think they're going to look for another left-hander because I do not foresee Anthony Castro staying on the team much longer. Um, maybe try to favor a guy, maybe not so much on the velocity side of things, but you know, more of a finesse pitcher, good command uh, for a lefty specialist to complement hedges or henches. Um, I have no idea what a realistic return for police act looks like because his upside is so incredibly high, but like on the catastrophic failure side, like his floor is just so low. Um, he's a polarizing dude. He's a great competitor. When he's on, he plays up, and when he's bad, he's really bad. So, very athletic for his position, too. Yes, Fields great position pitching, and teams are going to know that, so they're going to expect Cleveland to be realistic in their ask. Um, do you have anything you want to add to that? So, the question is, what would a return for Please Hack look like? Yep. Or what do you so, think the club would look for in return? Um, I would say. I would say a lower level arm. My my guess would be because you're not going to trade a starter for a major league ready, you know, player potentially, unless it's like a three team trade kind of thing. You're probably going to get a prospect out of it, but I would think it's probably a prospect uh, on the 40 man, uh, rather a reliever or a starter. And I do think that it's going to be Connor Pilkington and Jordan Padfield taking the, getting the opportunity, but I do think they're going to get a, an upper level arm because they need a lot of help in, in, in the bullpen big time. Yep. I think that's the move. Uh, it's been the innings, like you said, have been racking up and I think that's going to be the move to kind of help bolster going forward. So not sure. Uh, I think Chuck and I are both in agreement though. Relief pitching is an immediate need uh, and police act ceiling is high enough for a contender that maybe you can pluck uh, one or two good, you know, one, maybe, borderline major league ready and one maybe still to develop that you can stick at double a Akron or triple a Columbus and let develop uh, and kind of bolster your farm systems pen. So look for Cleveland to make a trade for a relief pitcher. Nicole asked us what player do you think will realistically be given an extension next? And where do you think the, when do you think the extension will take place? Uh, this is a tough one because the team does not normally buy out arbitration years early however i think if it's smart and it wants to lock up its players while before they you know go way up in value to the point we're not going to pay them i think you have to pay andreas jimenez and josh naylor right so period there is there is precedent there's i'm sorry zach you hear me right yep i got you all right so 
starters are much different. We've bought out uh, Kluber and Carrasco's arbitration years. Um, Jason Kipnis and Michael Brantley's arbitration years, and they bought out two years of free agency. I believe the club option at the end, both of those. So there definitely, you know, there definitely is a path. Payroll is going to be very low. There's not a lot of commitments. Miles Shaw and Class A just obviously filled out extensions, and obviously the great Jose Ramirez did as well. But those are very, uh, um, especially Straw and Class A, obviously, those are very cheap extensions, team-friendly. And the highest dollar amount is a team option So with a buyout. So Naylor and Jimenez are going to be the priorities here. My guess is that Naylor is probably the most realistic to happen. Because I think Jimenez, I could just he has the I could just see Jimenez waiting out for one more money because he's he has the all star he has he was a big prospect. Um, I could Naylor I could see you know for his position, um, he has a brother in the org. Obviously, Bo Naylor is in the organization. I could see him getting a team friendly deal done with Naylor. You buy out the first three years arbitration. You buy out the last three years of his arbitration. And then you buy out two free agent years with a club option hanging on the last with a million with a million point five buyout, and I but they they're definitely going to ex- approach Jimenez for sure, but this I definitely see Naylor getting done in the offseason in spring training. Spring training, spring training is when this all gets done. What happens is it's common practice for um, the team to approach the agent, and then the in spring training, usually they have their 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 end season meetings. They have they'll they'll approach the player and the agent saying we have an interest in this and then you know think it over over the off season go through regular training and then in the spring training they you know they ramp up uh, conversations so this all this all gets done in spring training so I definitely I one hundred percent expect Josh Naylor to get done and Jimenez may be a little harder because you know he's a shortstop second base very good young. defense good bat yeah that could be a little that could be a little harder. But that's I why I that. think they need to try to lock both of them up sooner yeah. than later, yeah. because the longer you go on, the more you risk losing them both to yeah. free agency. So uh, as Zach, as Zach, you just said, though, if their only shot at this is right, is this offseason. Yeah, because him and is an arbitration, him and him and is an arbitration, arbitration eligible until um, two years. And Naylor, I think, is in three years. But I think Naylor wants to stay because, you know, he has a brother here. He will probably know, be here next year. Yeah, and so who wouldn't? It's like a dream come true to play with their brother, and you know, first baseman. They know that they need to protect Jose Ramirez. They're gonna, they're gonna get it done. You know, Michael Brantley signed a very good uh, team friendly extension and ended up working out in his favor. You know, when he had a big time uh, uh, leg injury um, and shoulder as well, they picked up his player option. I think it was about sixteen to fifteen, maybe even seventeen million dollars. And then he had free agency and signed with Houston. So there, there's a, they have a very, they have a very strict way of doing business. Yeah. And and they get and they get it done. Like it's not like you know we don't get anything done. But so sleeper to look out for Tristan McKenzie. Just yep, beyond I can, I can see that too. So Naylor's represented by ISC Sports, and uh, Jimenez is represented by Rep One Sports. Both of those reputate organizations have very good reputations um, with ownership. So it's not out of the question. It's just going to be how aggressive the club is in trying to get it done. And if they're smart, which they are, uh, they will try to approach it before their value gets out of hand. Um, I think the most likely to go to free agency is definitely going to be him. His hit tool plays. He's got five-star defense. He's fast. 
uh, he's gonna the longer you let him go, man, the more he's slipping through your fingers. So, but, John, but, but I'm just I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to finish this off. But to help our cause with Jimenez, he is so young that you can guarantee yourself, let's say, I don't know, uh, you know, six year, $50 million deal. You guarantee yourself $50 million, and then you're going to be 28 at free agency, 28, 29, then you'll have a, a shot at hitting, getting the big bucks. Yeah. We, we very rare, Jose Ramirez, I think, it is, and Carlos Carrasco, the only players that we've ever given a third contract to. It's not the second contract that's hard for us in our marketplace to do. It's really the third. Yep. Um, so stay tuned on that. Uh, we won't hear anything about that until closer to next season, though. So John sent us, as always, and guys, I apologize. If it seems like I'm rushing, I'm just trying to keep us on track. It's late Sunday night. Um, just trying to keep us concise. But we will answer them thoroughly, I promise. John, John Turner, as always, sent us a question. Uh, thoughts on revamping the rotation at the deadline? Trade Beaver while he still has value and please act two. I think we can get quite a bit back. Battenfield and Curry or Allen can fill in. I'll do, give my thoughts on this one first real quick. Uh, Bieber, yes. What well, before, if he does have a regression, tanks his value. Plesak, we already talked about. I do think they can get an incredible haul for Bieber. Bieber would be a great number three starter. Think uh, the Chris Bassett trade that the Mets made last year. Um, I think he'd be a great number two, number three for a playoff team. Uh, he will come very expensive in terms of prospects because of the remaining arbitration. Uh, and I believe the organization thinks and feels that it can fill those needs internally with Tristan McKenzie playing so well. Uh, Sticks has an incredible amount of team control left. You've got guys like Peyton Battenfield at AAA. Connor Pilkington still has some development. He can hold it down and hold his own. Uh, and you've got Logan Allen and Xavion Curry, who could very much be major league ready next year, depending on how they play the rest of the season. I think Bieber would be a three for one. Easy. I agree. Um, especially with the remaining control. Um, I think it's possible. It depends. I don't, I don't think he's going to get traded because I think the club legitimately believes that with some minor retooling, it can win the division like straight up. I agree. Um, I def. I think there's a, a 50, 50 chance. Please gets traded. Um, I, Look, there's a big chance that they're going to trade Bieber in the offseason. Um, I just, I don't think it's going to happen this deadline. It's so fast, Zach. It's because, you know, Zach, Bieber is like a seismic change to this organization. You know, you're trading a Cy Young Award winner, you know, an all-star, had a finished Cy Young voting, uh, uh, you know, two times, I believe, in the top five. That's a, that's a seismic change for this entire organization, Zach. You want my thoughts on a trade for Bieber? Get AJ Preller on the phone. Give me CJ Abrams. No, I, I agree that he's probably your most valuable asset in terms of rotation, but I, I just think that's a conversation for this winner, and I think it's very, very realistic as well. Yep. Please play, please play say, him out through the year and try to win the division, and then if you need to move him, do it in the offseason. Please, Zach, I definitely see it happening, but and, I, and that he's going to get a decent return. Like I, I could see us getting, you know, one high, one higher level arm with a one lower level, um, lot of lottery ticket, like a like an outfielder with with high upside, but I could definitely see us getting a decent size return with uh for Plesak. Okay, I like that answer. I think that's pretty objective, but 
we don't have a crystal ball into what they're looking at. So we're just going to have to sit tight and buckle up because it's going to be a crazy two weeks. Uh, let's see. All right, we're getting into the last few here. Joe sent us. How aggressive do you think the front office will be at the deadline? I have no clue, man. I don't know anymore. I think it's going to be a bunch of really weird trades. I don't know if aggressive is the right word. Opportunistic, I get. Um, my word is. I like that. I like that choice of wordage. Um, I just they're the most opportunistic front office in baseball. Um, outside of Tampa, I have a weird feeling that Ahmed Rosario is going to get traded to the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know why. Wander Franco and Brandon and Brandon Lowe are literally out for, until playoffs almost. I can just see the fit. Uh, but they're going to be very opportunistic. They, the Guardians listen on everyone. What they do is they listen on everyone. If you, if you want to talk to me about Tristan McKenzie, we'll talk. But we have our price, and you're not going to meet that price. I guarantee you that. But we'll. We're, it's your job to answer the phone and listen on every single player you have. You have to. It's responsibility. Yep, and that phone is going to be ringing off the hook in the next couple yeah, of days, trying so, to find out who Cleveland's going to be willing to part with. So, Zach, I just keep going back to this 40-man roster. Zach, do you know that Gabriel Arias, has, he's been in AAA for almost a year and a half. A year and a half, Zach. Yeah. So they, they got to do something there. If you, they got to make a decision. Zach, Tyler Freeman's batting like 400. In the last like three weeks, and you He's know, like, I was I was actually just going to touch on him. He hit uh, another home run today. Yeah, he had two um, runs at back back days. Back yep. back days. And I I literally just tweeted out while we're recording this episode. Fuzzy shared the video highlight, and I'm like, how long are we going to ignore this? So I could uh, you can make the argument can maybe Tyler Freeman replace him at Rosario spot in the lineup. I don't know. Maybe you switch Jimenez to short and put him to short and then put well, him in Jimenez, Jimenez is your upside at short anyways because that maximizes his defense, which is where he should be playing anyway. So I'm just saying it makes me wonder, but Zach, this 40-man roster is... It's, well, it's and tight. don't forget too, the club has a couple guys that it is lucky to still have because there was no Rule 5 draft this past season. Guys like Joey Cantillo... Uh, they're not going to be in this organization next year if you do not protect them. Hunter um, Gaddis just got promoted AAA and threw a gem. Yep. Uh, Xavier on Curry. We don't even talk about him all that much, and we should. Yeah, Logan, Logan Allen, Xavier on Curry, Hunter Gaddis, Angel Martinez. They have they, they have a lot of protection for players. Yep. Back. So Peyton deals Battenfield are be made. is still having a pretty good season. He got banged around a little bit today in today's start. He pitched three innings, six hits, six runs, uh, three walks, four strikeouts. So I'll say this. And a, a decision about the, the middle infield is going to be made. Rather, it's trading Ahmed Rosario. Rather, it's trading, trading Tyler Freeman. Trading Tyler Freeman for for a major league starter or or, or a major league reliever. Uh, I'm just saying, like something has to be made. A decision has to be made there, or Gabriel Arias as well. Yeah, maybe maybe a DFA Ernie Clement and after the deadline and Gabriel Arias. Nah, Clement's got role. too much team control left. He he'll be in a trade package. I, or, or you can option him. He has options left too, Zach. So yep, he does. And maybe you put Arias in that role and let him get his feet wet. And because you know he he's he might be the best defensive player in the in the system. So just just something to look out for. Yep. And then Joe's last question for us was: Do I need to start keeping a bottle of whiskey by my bedside when I watch this team? Um, 
I, I don't want to recommend that, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I have. I, I I definitely have drinking some whiskey when the Guardians aren't playing well. I have. Yeah, I don't. But it's I don't think it's that bad, man. I, I don't want. I, I don't want to recommend that on any on any platform. But yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating to watch them play. Um, it's it's the they're a young team, and this this is gonna happen. Uh, you know, bad decisions are gonna happen. Some young, some growing pains are gonna happen. But you know, I, hang in there, Jody. You know, uh. You know, to keep just try to hang in there with the whiskey. I know how you feel, but remember, we're a young team. Try to play the long game as hard as it is. Hey, nobody freaks out about the Guardians as much as I do in real time. You could see it on my Twitter feed. Nobody, Zach. You know how hard I take losing. Like oh, I, I, know. I it, it dictates my mood. You know, <laughs> my, my wife you can't says, help it though. My wife says to me that I'm I'm extremely happy when they win. I'm extremely upset when they lose, and I'm on autopilot in the offseason. That, that's what she says. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got one last one. Let's take it home so I can we can get out of here and I can throw this up for tomorrow morning. Uh, JRAM for MVP. His Twitter handle is always something different. He's changing it to whoever he wants on the team. Uh, right now, his handle is at Brennan to CLE. Uh, he's always engaging with us. He asked, if you're the front office, how do you approach the deadline? Uh, wow. Do you go after a first baseman and DH bat, proven starter and reliable relievers, or do you play it safe and only pick up a piece or two and let these current guys see what they can do without reinforcements or something else? So um, I think we've burned. Oh, this you go, one. you go. I think we burned this one pretty deep. Um, mark my words, the team will make a trade for a reliever. The bullpen right now is if you go to the DS with the Cleveland's bullpen, the way it is right now, you'll go all three games and you will get toasted in the third game. Um, because bullpen use in the off se- in the postseason is very different than it is in the regular season. And this bullpen still doesn't have an identity. You know, you don't have a for sure setup, man. You have your fireman and Eli Morgan. Um, you have your closer and Emmanuel Classe. That's it. Everybody else is by committee. And that is, if you look at the 2016 team, the way that bullpen was composed, everybody in that bullpen had an identity. They had a job. They had a certain situation where they were used, and it was consistent. This team does not have that right now. Um, yeah. Part of part of expanding our competitive window is going to be making a trade for a reliever. In order to do that, you are probably going to have to say goodbye to some prospects that I think a lot of us would like to see. Um, or... You know, maybe a major leaguer whose future with the team is uncertain. Um, so just prepare for that. Prospects move at the deadline, man. It's what happens. Um, but I'm staking my claim on relief pitching. Yeah, I've been screaming for David Bednar since before, since the day I met you, Zach. I think I yep, said his name. And we talked about last week how I said the Pirates could use a very nice hit tool second baseman to play alongside yeah, the Cruz. Um, when you're when you're in a playoffs, when you're in the playoffs, it's all about pitching. It's all about shortening the game. The playoffs is all about... Well, and when you go into a seven-game series in the playoffs, you pitch a bullpen game every fourth game. Yeah. The pitching's all, playoffs is all about pitching, defense, and, and situational hitting. That's really... A, it really is. And you you, you got to get a... You got to build this bullpen. Like 2016, you brought up Zach. They had Andrew Miller, Cody Allen, who was money in that postseason. Yes, sir. And it kind of gets like forgotten about because Andrew Miller was so great. Brian Shaw, 
Then you had Dan Otero. It was a crazy bullpen. You had Mike Clevenger as the bulk guy. I was, it's a crazy, crazy bullpen. They need to build that bullpen. So I would go after bullpen. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if they replace Fran Reyes slugging. I'm thinking about Christian Walker out of Arizona. Yep, Quincy um, likes that trade. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be tough, man. I don't think we're so, really going to know until like this week plays out. I'm I'm thinking reliever, and I really think they can use a a high a a, a starter potentially. I just think our pitching is a like the AAA pitching is a little bit like a, like a half a year away, a year away kind of thing. So I can see them maybe at going for a starter. Maybe okay. even on Marquez, but he's a little bit expensive. Well, Chris, Marquez also pl- Marquez also has been misused by Colorado, and I think yeah, Cleveland but is he's smart very, enough to use him effectively. He's very expensive, though, for our marketplace. Yeah. Um, so my pick, who I would like to see the mad, I would like them. look, I love Ahmed Rosario, and I love what he brings. I just don't think he's the shortstop of the future, and I just don't see another position for him where they can get consistent at-bats. So I would trade Ahmed Rosario if it was me, and I would either promote Tyler Freeman and have him play second and Andres Jimenez play short or promote Arias Lennon get every day, every day at bats at shortstop. Uh, be, that, that's how I would do it. I, then I love Rosario. I just think we need to start building for 2023 as, as fast as possible. Yep. And, and I would try to address the bullpen. And I, if that means getting like a triple a AAA starter slash reliever, and then you, you, you let them work, you, you let them, you know, fall where he fits. Then that means that as well. Yep. So good questions all around from you guys this week. Um, thank you guys as always for sending them to us and it keeps us busy. Uh, I will, I mentioned in the intro that I have conveniently not recorded yet. Uh, we're going to have an episode. At least I'm going to try. We're going to try to work it out where we can do an episode later this week with none other than Willie hood. Um, Willie has said that he would uh, gladly come on and, talk baseball with us uh we want to be able to give you guys a draft recap uh yeah tell you, who, tell you who your cleveland guardians drafted ladies and gentlemen there's nobody better in the business nobody better in the business when it comes so, to draft stuff than Willie. period willie hood, willie hood is my hero <laughs> um he's been one of the he's been one of the uh guys on uh, you know that so me smart inspire. so humble yeah he really helped he really has been a big help to buy uh podcast career if you want to call it he's been a huge inspiration him and the great justin Ladup. willie hood's for my money the best in the business when it comes to major league baseball draft coverage so it's really exciting and zach we're also going to do a if i'm mistaken we're going to do a trade deadline live special as well yep. on uh, august 2nd deadline i gotta make day. sure I, I gotta make sure i can take the day off work tomorrow but that should be full send I'm already. I asked for a personal day because I'm not gonna be able to handle handle what's going on. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Well, I will let you get out of here, man. I am going to take this and put it in the nice, neat format to go live Monday morning. As always, thank you for staying up late with me on a Sunday and talking ball. But uh, I think bedtime is probably not too far away for both of us. Yeah. Thank you. Fun as always, Zach. Love you, yep. brother. Yep. I will. We will be back later this week. If we can't get Willie this week, we'll try to get him next week and uh, be looking for uh, we got to work out a time to maybe do a live show this week. But stay tuned for that, too. Chuck, take care of yourself, buddy. See you, Zach. Thank you. As always, huge thank you to Chuck for grinding these out with me. Um, They sometimes this is a grind and you guys can hear it. I, I try to do a pretty good job of keeping us on topic, but. You know, Chuck and I both have busy lives and we work full time and um, 
just sitting up on a Sunday night. Sometimes it makes going into the week not so fun, but we do it uh, because we love it. Uh, and we're thankful that you guys listen to it and support us. And I could not be more thankful. Uh, it's because of you guys' support that Network 216 brought us on as their flagship Guardians podcast. And I have some really exciting news to share with you guys. I should have put this in the intro, but that's okay. Uh, Network 216 okayed us to start planning a Columbus Blue Jackets show. Uh, and we are going uh, to be doing that. Um, I'm going to be hosting, and we're going to be bringing on Madigan O'Brien to co-host with me. She's a very well-established uh, personality in Blue Jackets Twitter, and we could not be more excited to talk hockey uh, and bring some absolutely awesome stuff to Blue Jackets fans because there is so much stinking hype around this team right now for this season uh, that it's going to be freaking awesome. Johnny Gaudreau, out of nowhere, signed an offer with Columbus in free agency. Yarmo extended Patrick Line for four years. Uh, absolutely love to see it. So there's going to be a reveal coming once we get the branding for that podcast done. So uh, keep tuned at my Twitter. I am so excited. I know the name of it already because we decided on it tonight. I'm not going to put it out there yet. Uh, I'm going to wait for our designer to get us a logo and we'll do a big reveal about it. So that's all I have for you guys today. Uh, it's Monday. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope that your work weeks are not stressful, knock on wood, uh, and that y'all are blessed with health along with uh, the health and well-being of your Stay safe, take time to appreciate the little things, and I will see you guys next time. Hey, before I go, one thing I'm going to try to be better at, I'm going to try to do a better job of giving you guys uh, series previews. That's going to be coming back. I've just kind of fallen away from it. So uh, also be on the lookout for that.